Welcome everyone to the Aridi Members Podcast. Chris Hopper, how are you champion? I'm well, very good. How's your day been so far? Uh, not too bad, just work, session, work, just yep. the usual. Yep, cool. Mate, um, I've been really um, looking forward to sitting down having a chat with you, so thanks for taking the time. No worries. Um, I guess start back at young Chris. Yep. Whereabouts did you grow up? Brothers uh, and sisters, how was your family? I lived at North Richmond my whole life and really? still currently do. Yeah. So, um, uh, 1986, so 34, I think. Yeah. Um, 34 good years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a sister, Laura, who's 30. Yeah. And mother and father, John, Jenny, just the two of us. So, yep. Cool. Um, has there ever been any, um, thought of getting out of North Richmond? Um, I lived in Richmond with my mates for six months or so. Yeah. Um, that was okay, I guess, but, um, eventually you always go back. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I moved to England for six months and lived over there a couple times. So, okay. Yeah. Um, just back to sort of growing up, um, did you live on property or is it suburban block? All suburban, North Richmond, yep. so like every house is bang, bang, bang. But yep. um, I had a lot of friends in the Currajong area, so yep. I was always at their houses and, you know, I've got a mix of both. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. Has there ever been any desire to live anywhere else? Oh, until recently, no, but I've always, yeah, I thought um, a change is as good as the weather and, I don't know, possibly down the track, um, yep. maybe move you know, to a beach or somewhere, but yep. um, take it a day at a time, see what happens. Yeah, cool. What do you love most about North Richmond and, and the Hawkesbury? Um, traffic. <laughs> lack of it or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. like seven minutes to work seven minutes home um i guess can't beat that nah mm. and everyone sort of knows everyone too everyone sort of looks after each other there's yep you know there's always one in every bunch but you're going to get that wherever you move aren't you so yeah. um no nah, just that and i don't i like the laid-back lifestyle yeah i, I wouldn't want to be too hectic i guess mm. so even if i was to move it'd have to be somewhere where we're not you know, in a rat race, moving everywhere. Yeah, somewhere seven minutes from work. Yeah, that's um, probably the best thing about it. <laughs> Do you have fond memories of your childhood? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you get up to mischief or? Oh, I guess so. I was a party child, I guess. Um, yeah. From a pretty young age. But um, uh, but I was also involved in sport too, so it was uh, a bit of a mix of both. But mm. uh, never in trouble with the law or anything. But, yep. yeah, some funny... Stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> what school did you go to? Uh, Colo High. How was that experience for you? Excellent. So did you go to Colo the whole time? Yeah, yeah. So I did um, 7 to 12 there and then I did Pathways, um, which is year 12 over two years. Yep. So I split it, three subjects, three subjects, um, and did a bit of sport as well whilst doing yep. the, the Pathways. Yeah. I, I haven't heard a bad word about Colo High. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, there's being in the gyms, I've sort of come across the teachers from there. I've got to know them from being, coming to the gym and stuff. Yep. And, um, yeah, it just seems like a great community to have and great, great, um, great framework, framework that they put students through. And Yeah, I had a couple of teachers who I still keep in contact with even now, like a couple of them have their numbers and... Um, if I was ever going through a hard time or something, I could have called them. And um, yep. another lady, we're, 
we hadn't seen each other in 10 years and our children are friends now and I wow. see her at the gym or down at the, the Oasis swimming laps and, you yeah. know, it's just nice to see everyone there again. Yeah, that's what it's all about, hey. Mm. So uh, you, you said you played sport? Yep. Where So school was good. Um, what sports did you play as a kid? Uh, um, everything. That's good. So that's I was, what I like to hear. Uh, athletics, swimming, baseball, uh, cricket, uh, soccer. Yeah. Yeah. I was multi-talented. So you're good everything. at everything? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Except Did you golf. come to a point... <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tricky one. I haven't one. got the um, stamina for it. <laughs> All the patience. No, that's it. <clears throat> um, did you develop quickly? Um, was it your coordination that was your strength? Was it speed? Um, in primary school, I, uh, I wasn't that good, to be honest, up until about year six. And then... From there, I think I had a growth spurt before everyone else did. And okay. um, I just, uh, I was naturally talented, but didn't have the desire to, to back it up, if yep. that makes sense. Uh, 100%. I, yeah, I understand. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you recall why you didn't have that desire? Uh, I don't know. It was, I wanted, I always remember, like in year four or something, I just really wanted a Sydney West jacket. That was like my my goal. Everyone else had these Sydney West jackets and I just really, really wanted one. And then I think, yeah, because I used to run 100 metres was my race or um, 50 metre freestyle. Yep. And then the swimming was at the start of the year, so I got, got it in the 50 metre freestyle because I had the growth spurt and killed everyone. Become um, that beast. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then got it later <coughs> in the 100 and 200 and long jump, high jump. Um, but, yeah, I think once... I sort of had it, I might have just went stagnant and just said, this is easy. Yeah. And that also went through all of high school too. So I never trained or did anything, but I would still come first at all these regional things up to year 10 before I stopped caring. And, you know, it was sort of handed to me on a plate, yep. talent, but yep. um, desire wasn't there, I guess. Mm. Did you Do you remember a time where you went from, oh, I'm not really good at everything, to do you remember a moment where yeah, I'm pretty good? I, I feel confident and I feel good. Yeah, I think it was the Sydney West jacket. That was I, it. I can still remember it as clear as day. That, yeah, I've got it given to me at North Richmond School on an exact silver seat, and I, it was like the middle of summer. Yeah, forty degrees, and I put it on and I wore it all day. <laughs> and like I, <laughs> I just, I just wanted it, you know, so yeah, badly that yeah. I got it, you know. And it's amazing how that still is a trigger, like a trigger in your mind. Clear as day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, did you think that was a curse for your whole life? Did that set you up in terms of, okay, things have come easy to me. I don't have to work for it. Did, did, did you, did that continue into your adult life? Uh, yes and no, I think. Cause, um, I have, say for instance, work. I have a my work ethic is really that I think anyway. I yep. have a great work ethic, and yep. I always put everything on my shoulders. I don't leave it for the next person. I'm I'm getting the job done. Yeah, you know. And, yep. um But in regards to that, yeah, possibly. But um, in other things, yes and no. I guess probably what I should have said is going through that in your teens with sport has that now changed how you view life and 
you know, you work, you do work hard now. Yeah. Well, p- majority of the things I did were all team sports. So, like, I yeah. always had that team mentality and um, I guess the work ethic came from it because you're doing it like a, you know, like a footy player, the person next to you. You know, you got to sit in the line. And um, mm. I guess that it always did um, resonate into other things, whether it be work or friendships or relationships or, you know, mm. everything. Yep. So it definitely put us in a step forward, Yeah. moving forward. Yeah. I think those years, those teenage years and playing sport, it teaches you a lot about you, when, sorry, when you, you get older, you look back and say, okay, yeah, that did shape a, a pathway of, of my life. Yeah, definitely. And mm. with my own children now, I have one child who's extremely talented. It was me. He's, mm. Everything he touches, it's just easy for him. And my other child, she's... Got, hasn't got a sporting bone in her body, but she's still trying and doing soccer and stuff at the moment. And um, her development over two years of playing in soccer and just and she's very um, – will stick by herself sort of thing. So that has just helped her dramatically move across like yep. in her life to, you know, get the everything that she needs from sport and yeah. then it's moved on to other things. That's great. Your experience as a teenager going through that and then having the kids that you do, we'll go on, I'll ask about them in a little while yep. when we get to family. Has that helped you in being a father to them and the advice that you give them? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I'm not only their father, I'm their friend as well and yep. um, they're, they're going to make mistakes like I did. I'm very, uh, as a parent, um, I'll let my kids be kids yep. and... Um, that's the worst thing I think anyone can do is if you don't let them be kids that and strictly you know do anything like that they're not going to learn from it yeah hundred so, percent um, letting them be themselves and have their own expression it's definitely you know it's they've got to do it themselves yeah and then that um, breeds creativity in them and helps them you know, learn about life yep. when they're when they're allowed to be have that freedom to mm. be kids yep. and to enjoy that time. Yeah, and they're not boring. Um, yeah. like I, I go to other people's houses and see their children, and I'm like, right, oh, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my kids, you know, calling someone a knob or something like. Yeah, yeah but yeah. What was your favourite sport that you played? Played oh, probably cricket. Would have to be. Well, this one was probably I excelled the most at, but. Um, did that yeah. help you enjoy it more? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. And like, and the same, exact same with all those other sports to start with. I only started cricket when I was uh, 11 years old and for two years I was rubbish. Yeah. But I just wanted it and wanted it and wanted it and eventually got picked in my first rep side at 13. Yep. And just every single year I just developed massively from there. Yeah. Probably because your attention was so focused on that. Yeah. Were you a batter or a bowler? Opening bowler. Oh yeah. Um, I was, I was a bit of a nutter. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I would, um, yeah. I Some of the things I, I did. Yeah. Um, Just intimidating the batsman. Yep. Yeah. So, you you just get that shiny red ball. I remember when I was um, fourteen. Steaming in. I was because you're only allowed to bowl a certain amount of overs per yep. um, thing as like a younger child. They would just let every ball go through every um, – so that I could get rid of my 12 overs and then they have to face someone else. So the captain came up to me when I was only 14 yep. and he said, I just wanted you to bounce this bloke every single 
ball. Body and, line. And he, so I went around the wicket and I bowled a bouncer at this boat, first bouncer. Yeah. And he wasn't wearing a helmet and I struck him on the nose. Jesus. 30 stitches down his nose. 30. And his whole face was cut like there. <laughs> Body line, 14-year-old. And so I walked up to him and like he had blood all over the floor. And I said, oh, I said something along the lines of get this bloke off or something like that. And so the Fire captain who's up. told me to go do it has had to go and apologise for me being a knob. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, righto, okay. He's and then a- the next bloke came out and did the same thing. <laughs> I just bounced him. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love it. It's, um, there's something about you can have aggression as a fast bowler yeah. um, or an opening bowler. And even like my friend's father and stuff, he always remembers it. So I was at a Bucks party with his friend's father not long ago and he goes, oh, how's Hitchcock's nose going? Is it still sideways <laughs> down there at Benson's Lane? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> 30 stitches. Yeah, something like that. It was like all the way from like up in the eye down to his lip. So it was really big. Wow. You must have had some pace about you. Yeah, I was, <clears throat> yeah, I was okay, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. So t- step me through your, your cricketing career. So 14s, where, where did that progress? So from under 13s to 16s, I was playing for North Richmond and then also just in the rep side every year or whatever. So I was an opening bowler batting about six or seven yep. um, in the rep sides. Not bad. And then um, from there, went down to Hawkesbury uh, Grade Club mm-hmm. and then played two or three years there. Um, and then was just trialling for rep sides and stuff like that and playing New South Wales schoolboys with um, Phil Hughes, Usman Khawaja, David Warner, um, Josh Layla, a couple, couple of people who have really uh, excelled and stuff, and even like yeah. local boys like Steve O'Keefe, <laughs> John Hastings, Peter Forrest. Like I played all my juniors with them as well. So. Yeah. Um, I'll put this uh, podcast up on YouTube and you're going to send through uh, a picture of, of those guys. Yeah, that, that yeah you're I've with got a couple that I was with, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel now, looking back on that time and um, like you showed me the photo before, sitting there with those guys, knowing where they've gone to mm-hmm. and, and where you are now, how does that sit with you? Uh, I think, it's, I'm not sure about other sports, but I think cricket in general, you've got to be spotted at a younger age. And mm. for me, I was at my peak at, say, about 18, 19. These people have been good since 14. So, if, same as 40, I guess. <laughs> like, if they'll, they'll spot you early. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I did as much as I could in yep. the time that I had available. Yep. And, um, yeah, but just to watch them go on and see, oh, I'm, still a, I'm still a fan and watch it all the time, and yeah. no, it's just great. So you're at peace with that? Oh, definitely. Awesome. Like, um, I don't think, if I had more desire and, you know, there wasn't things called parties and girls and yep. whatever, like, it, it may have been different, but, um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, couldn't have done more. Great, that's that's a great answer. Um, and you've probably got a lot of conflicting things happening there at 18. You know, you've either got to commit 100% into your sport and, the desire to go to that next level, but then you've got party and girls and mates and right at that age where everything's just going yeah. nuts. At, at that point, cricket or anything else became second nature. To yeah, it was it was the backseat compared yeah. to you know. Mm. Um, you mentioned you went over to England. Yeah, so, so was when that I was for cricket. Yeah, 
So basically, I had how, a. How did that come about? A friend of mine from the cricket club, his um, grandfather worked for a travel agency, and he uh, knows a lot of people over in England. So he would go and find clubs and say, "All right, we're after an opening batter. We're after an opening bowler, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So a club came back and said, "We're after an opening bowler." So basically, what they did was they. Uh, he teed me up, so I just had to buy the flight through his company, mm-hmm. and then from there I got um, free accommodation, free food, free grog, free everything over there, living there, um, and they just sort of gave me a job one, two days a week or whatever, doing painting or whatever. And um, apart from that, and then once I went so well, they paid my um, airfare. So. Um, wow. Yeah, no, it was the standard wasn't as good as it is here. So at the at that point, I was just playing second grade for Hawkesbury, but over there you were like a superstar. Yeah, so, wow. um, but it, you still played against like people who were in like county cricket and stuff mm. like that. So I remember the my first trial game there was against Nasser Hussain's brother, and I think I got him out second ball bowling over there. So yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, okay. Mm. That's awesome, man. What an experience. Yeah. So how long were you there for? So I was there in? from for six months. Yep. So it was April to September, October, roughly, I think. So yep. I was, yeah. I had my 20th birthday there, so I must have been just 19. Mm. Mm. Would you recommend other um, kids go and do that? Definitely. Yeah. Best time of your life. Best time of your life, yeah. Like, for me personally, I didn't know any different. Like, I'd lived at North Richmond my whole life and – with my parents and you go over there, you, you got no one. I didn't know a single person in the country. Now I can ring any single person over, the, 50 people over there and say, I'm coming, can I stay a week? Yeah, that's, that's fine, that's fine, Chop. No that's worries. awesome, yeah. eh? And I've been back previous times after for weddings and um, and people's birthdays two or three times. So so you've been, you've been there a couple of times? Yeah, probably three, I think, yeah. Yeah, and every single one was to play cricket? No, only the first one. Okay. So basically what happened when I came back, I played another season, and at the end of that season, done me shoulder. Uh, um, I was diving for a ball, and it's whatever it is here, the bone there was about there, almost through my skin. Jesus. And so I went to the hospital, oh. and they popped it back in for me, mm. and... I know that was out for about – I couldn't play for, say, six weeks or so. Yep. And then I think there was maybe two games left in the season. I started bowling and I did the other one. Joking. So basically uh, both were done <coughs> and never played ever again. I've played indoor cricket since just with my mates like who who don't take it seriously and like I don't take it seriously if I'm playing with them. So, yep. But apart from that, uh, that was the end of the career. Yeah, wow. It's amazing how – and once as – a, as a fast bowler in cricket, once you do your shoulders, yep. that's yeah. – And I've never had any operation or nothing. I probably should because uh, occasionally when I sleep, it pops out again. Yeah, um, definitely. And <laughs> when was the other one? Uh, probably two months ago, I was – I'd had a few beers and I was, it was really wet out and I said, I'll ride my skateboard to the pub and it was really wet <laughs> And I was going too quick and I went <laughs> over the hangs of the skateboard and then I'm running like this and my arms are in the air like that and it popped out again and I'm on the front of this person's lawn, they're out the front and I'm there going... <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> and then eventually it popped back in and I was sitting there going... 
like that inside of you pop yeah. the shoulder we get that breath yeah, yeah, into yeah. you yeah. and i was like oh my god this feels amazing oh and then i went and had about 10 schooners wow <laughs> and everything felt better basically <laughs> do you have any good stories that people might not know from your time in england um Yeah, probably can't say it. Okay. I don't know there's definitely one. I'm, I'm pretty sure if we talked about it, you'd cut it. But um, we'll no. talk about that another time. Yes, that'll, yes, yes. That'll be a different podcast. Yes. Um, did you play any other sport after that with your with your shoulders? Nah. So basically, it was just indoor cricket uh, for just filling in a few times for a mate. Yeah. But uh, since then, uh, coming. To the gym was the first thing yep. since. So that was a like a 10-year hiatus of doing anything. Yep. Have you thought about getting back into cricket at all, coaching? I, I, I coached as well. Yeah. So okay. Um, from how would I have been then? Probably about – so maybe after I stopped playing, I also coached the rep side down here for Hawkesbury. So it was like an under-16s green shield side. I coached that side for a year. And awesome. there was another – one of my friends – um, their little brother, I coached them from year 12, uh, sorry, 12 years to 16 years as just their rep side as well for Hawkesbury. Yeah, do you enjoy that side of cricket? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I guess it's like I come in here and I don't know anything, you know, but like if it was cricket, like I'd feel confident enough to say this is what you're doing, you're not moving your foot enough or you're not, you, like I'm trying to explain it to my young fella at the moment, it was like, this is the direction and this is where you're letting it go from, like sort of thing. And yep. and I can I know exactly how to display it and show it. Yeah, just really break down those elements yep. and step by step, uh, just to, you know, practice those skills and give him little drills to, to work on. Oh, I'm very, very um, I don't know. Some parents just sit there and do nothing or sit on their phones and I'm mm. very outdoors and I sit there especially with, with my youngest Chad and We'll throw the ball out the front, and I'm, I guess I am very hard on him. But um, so if the ball doesn't go to me, he goes next door to get it if it's not straight to me. Yep. And he runs across the bindies. <laughs> guess what? The next ten goes straight to me. Hundred percent. There's yep. only one way to learn. That's isn't it? it. Stop walking across the bindies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Actually, funny you should say that. I, I from time to time I'll take my nephews to jujitsu. And it's amazing. Like there's 20 kids in a class, and there'll be you know, a dozen parents sitting off to the side, um, and all of them are just staring into their phone. Mm. And it's like, do you? Oh no, they're your kids, and you probably get tired of them and see them all the time. But you know, they I can see them looking up to see if the parents watching, and mm. or just looking into the phone. I just think it's a bit sad yeah. sometimes. I go through stages where <coughs> I'll have no social media at all for a month or whatever. Yeah. I've currently got everything, but yeah. there's points where one day I'm on and then I'm off for three weeks. Yeah. Just so I can, if I'm just clear my head and, Yeah, you know. just be present again in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that just helps with that and yep. aligning yourself with what's actually going on right there in that moment. Yep. And the kids love your attention. They need, oh, definitely. They need your attention and... Mm. So, yeah, it's something sad that I, I see every now and then. Mm. So, um, family. You got, yep. So, kids? Yeah, two kids. So, Caitlin is. Uh, better not get this wrong. Uh, she's 10, yep. turning 11 in October. Yep. Grand final weekend every year. So, 
Um, funny, funny enough, that double celebration. So her first, um, first birthday, we didn't actually go to it because the Dragons are playing in the grand final. So me and my old man went there instead. So I missed her first birthday. Sorry, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> She'll forgive you, I'm sure. One day, <laughs> well, one day when she's in her fifties. She, re- she realises that Dragons wins don't come around as very often anymore, so, yeah. Um, and we'll, Chad get, we'll get to that, don't worry. <laughs> and Chad is uh, eight in May and uh, nine in May, so. Okay, that's awesome. Mm. What, um, what have you loved most about being a dad? Um, every day is something different, you know, there's, whether it's um, responsibilities or emotions or um, working to get to something or um, – and I've got them full-time as well. So it's uh, it's very um, tough but also very enjoyable at the same time. Yeah, okay. How long have you had them full-time? Um, since Chad was three months old. So what's that? Yeah, eight or nine years. Wow. So it's um, – I've got a great support network with my mother and father or whatever and my sister as well but um, – yeah, for that whole time, it's just been me. So, how have you, if you if you don't mind, no, me no, asking, no, it's fine. How's that? How have you coped with that? And can I ask what happened? Yeah, yeah um, basically, um, I met a girl and she was pregnant after a month. And um, I'm I'm a really really good judge of people. Yeah, and for some reason, um, I was thinking somewhere else instead of my head. I think and. Um, yeah, apart from that, I'm really, really good with people. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, from there, uh, it's been tough, definitely. Um, mm. And, yeah, a lot of things go on in your head and the, when people go and have a drink or whatever on a f- Thursday, Friday, whatever, and for me, the party just never stopped after that. I just, yeah, went down a rabbit hole, but um, finally... Sorted my stuff out after a long time, but um, yeah, but it's yeah, it played on my mind for a long time, and wasn't until recently talking to an old friend that I've rekindled with just as friends now, and um, yeah, she just helped me through just talking about it and self reflection and um, forgiveness, and I just yeah, I don't think you could ever move on unless you're forgiven it. And yeah, I'm at peace with it now. So yeah, their mum, they're not. She's oh, she's seen them twice in the last six months or so. Okay, um, bit uh, all over the shop. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I can imagine that it, that would be difficult. And having, you know, how do you feel about your parents and your sister that they've been there for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, like even the kids, like I still remember Caitlin saying, I want a mummy, like, you know, she's only in kindergarten or something, you know, and yeah. um, and obviously I couldn't, I was too busy trying to sort them out instead of sorting myself out and sorting a partner out. Mm. Um, but yeah, my mum, my dad, my sister, even friends have just been absolutely amazing. Like um, mum helps out as everywhere. And whether it's school trips or she's involved with the PNC and stuff at the school because, I don't know, I guess dads don't do that sort of stuff, I guess. Oh, well, you know, stereotypically. But Yeah, stereotypically. But I think it's awesome that you do, man. Yep. But, um, yeah, just, no, nah, they've, they've done 
I couldn't thank them enough and definitely. And even my friends, sometimes one of my mates will come over and take Chad out the front and kick the ball with him or do you want to go to the skate park or whatever and give me time to do whatever I have to do. But That's, um, that's been good for you? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. But my kids are very, um, I think they're more grown up as well just because maybe they haven't had that mother figure. So I've not been hard but very, um, and like letting them be themselves, but they're, um, they can look after themselves definitely. Yep. What's the most? What has been the most challenging thing for you? Has there been a, a time in the last ten years that that was the you could narrow down to a month or six months or a year that? I think the initial the initial um, time just worrying and because there was a lot of times that I was basically stuck and just basically just worried about my children mm. and how am I going to get out of this without um, not being with them. And then eventually a, a situation came about <clears throat> where um, I could take that. And luckily enough for me, when I've just heard of other people and um, shocking stories of custodies and everything like that, she signed them over to me. So yep. that was one month after it all happened. So um, I don't have to deal with head noise for a month when other people you know, have gone through years and years and it's yeah. still maybe still going, you know, um, and a lot of money and definitely, and yeah, yep. Do you see life differently since going through this than than say if you look at some of your friends that have got things pretty easy? Yeah, definitely. Um, not until recently though. So uh, when I've definitely tried to better myself as a person, as a father, as a friend, everything. Um, I've definitely tried. Um, I think with the self reflection and everything of what I've went through, mm. that nothing can stop me now. I could do anything I want. So, like, you know, and if I got out alive and, uh, yeah, I definitely mm. – it's, it's definitely been challenging, but it's been rewarding at the same time because I've realised what I've had to get through and I've got there. Yeah, I think anyone that's listening that, you know, put yourself in, in the position of raising two kids on your own um, – how difficult that that could be. Like some people find it difficult with having the perfect, so-called perfect setup. Yep. Um, so, mate, yeah. sometimes I can't even look after myself, <laughs> let alone two children. But mm. I'm here. I'm now. I'm. I wake up every morning smiling. I'm alive. I'm breathing air. I'm. Yeah. I'm happy. You know. It's so. friggin' awesome, man. I, I I see. Like I I haven't known you that long, but since that you've been here in the gym but every single moment that i've seen you you've you've looked determined there's no fuss you just get down to business you just do what needs to be done um man and, and i can see how um you know those kids are so lucky to have you yep um and from what everyone says to me about you man you're 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 an inspiration to quite a few people and you, you might not know that but Everyone speaks so very highly of you mm-hmm. for what you have done. So, mate, um, yeah, we all go through struggles and tough times, but that's what makes us the people that we are. Yep, definitely. Um, do you do you get inspiration from anywhere or motivation from anywhere these days? Do you courses, books, anyone you follow um, or your family? Well, I guess... It- <laughs> the one thing that I was motivated by to better myself 
Um, it's a documentary on YouTube. Uh, he's a guy called Brandon Novak. Um, he's one of the jackass guys. Yeah. And it's just his struggle with addiction. Um, and watching that, I still remember this as clear as day as the other days that I just broke down in tears and I occasionally go back to that and just watch it and just think, wow, like he's amazing, like what he's done. I'd highly recommend it. anyone who wanted to watch it to watch it, definitely. Yeah. Um, how old is that, Doco? Uh, it's about two years, I think. Okay. I think, but when I watched it, it was about a year ago. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it and I'll put up a link yep. um, on the YouTube vid as well. Yep. Um, do you mind me asking what you – did you have an addiction? Oh, if anything, it was just alcohol, basically. Yep. But um, I just – I just get to a point where one I can't stop one, so I know now that yeah. I've got to have a balance. Then that's pretty much what my thank you to you guys was all about. Just I've found that balance now, where um, previously I didn't have it before. Hey, that's awesome. Yep. Um, do you still have a drink now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, it's, but I, it, but it's just that balance. You know when you. Can't I, I know stop. I can't have ten beers on a Monday. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When previously I was so, and now it's yeah. Um, you know, I still drink three days a week, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, it's I know that if I don't have to, I don't have to. Yeah. I'm in control of it. So yeah. It's um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, do you get any other pieces of inspiration anywhere? Motivation? Yeah. Uh, I watch the Goggins stuff a little bit. Um, he's an animal, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely. Dave Goggins. Yeah. And especially like. When he was the size he was and, mm. you know, I can sort of relate to it a little bit mm-hmm. with the weight loss that I've done. And um, and I, I don't think I was as driven as he was, but um, I'm putting myself in the position to get to where I want to get to. Yeah. And yeah. Um, each day by day I'll get there. Mate, it's well, that's probably a good, good um, insight into, you know, what you've been through. Um, so just so people can get an idea... You've been at Aridi now for about 12 months? 23rd of July, 2019 was my first day here. Can you tell us about that day? Absolute G up. (laughs) Absolute stitch up. Okay, so I'll I'll do the lead up. Yeah. Okay, so my friend is very good friends with James Tamo at Penrith. So Okay, I'll stop. How, How much do you weigh at this stage? 126 kilo. Right. Um, how are you feeling? Oh, every day's a party for me. So yeah. you know, like it's um, yeah. I guess in my head, I'm, I think I'm good, but I'm really not. And yeah. um, mentally, physically, I'm probably compared to what I know, what I feel like now. Yep. Uh, rubbish. You know? Yep. Okay. So um, so James Tower. Yeah, we friends. got it. We got um into the family and family section there. So it was me, my other friend Jesse, and. Uh, Guy Carter from the gym here mm-hmm. So we were on On the booze all night for free And then um, The Dragons lost by about 40 So we just left And went back to my house And then he started uh, Guy got home and he goes oh you got to watch this on YouTube And um, We just started watching uh, CrossFit videos till 4 in the morning uh, on that sounds like GC. I too. know, oh, and my other mates looking at me, sort of sideways, going, "Is, it, is he for real or what?" <laughs> and what are you thinking and watching him? Oh, I was sort of thinking the same thing, to be honest. Like I was yeah. there going, "Oh, it's all right," but I didn't get it at that point. So I was just like, 
Well, it just looks like folks doing PE, mate. <laughs> when are you going home, GC? Oh, it, yeah, it wasn't later after that, then the Uber got called. <laughs> so then, um, so he kept badgering you? To come uh, to so come that, was on the, that was on the Saturday. Yep. The 19th. And then I said, I'll be there Monday. And then, I don't know, I think I dogged Monday. And then he goes, oh, come Tuesday. So I went, oh. And I don't know, people who know Guy, unless oh, yeah. if you say something, and he'll hound you and hound you and hound you until you're going to do it. So, and it was my mum's birthday too. So that's why I remember the date, it's 23rd of July, really well. And I got in here. I, was, I still remember what I was wearing. I was wearing a green shirt, yep. um, <clears throat> dragon pants, and I was in the corner at the far front left. And I must have made an impression because I think everyone else, like the coaches here, also remember that exact day as well and exactly where I was in the room and, um, yeah. I've got a photo of you watching the, um, the instruction at the whiteboard. Yep. So I'll put that up as okay. well. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it was oh, war balls, burpees, and I can't remember if it was like 66 or maybe it was yeah. like 190, 80 or something. 60 cows. 60 burpees, 60 war balls, 60 sit-ups, 60 push-ups. And there was one other movement. But it was a guy sent me the workout because okay. he, he's remembered it as well. Right. Well, at that point, I could do one burpee unbroken. <laughs> I reckon I could pull out three push-ups max, like, and that's me gassed. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that happened. And then... Did that hurt, that session? Yeah, and probably mentally as well. Definitely. Yeah. And then um, I got uh, home and I put myself in an Epsom salt bath. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it didn't help. Oh my God. When, when you weigh the size of a house and yeah. you've got to do those movements which you haven't done in 10 years, yeah. I, I had to have the next three days off work. So that was on a Tuesday, 23rd of July on a Tuesday. I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off because I couldn't walk. Wow. And then... Eventually Saturday, it's my my body got back to normal. Wow. Yeah. But you kept coming, didn't you? Yeah. So uh, actually, yeah. So I had the day off work, but the next day, but I still came and did the weightlifting class in, on the th- uh, Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, whatever it was. Yeah. So I wasn't like wattish, but like it was more technique and stuff. I was just with a broomstick with Josh Wu going there, so I could sort of get away with um, walking like something's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. What were you thinking at that time? Is this something I'm going to stick with or um, did you know that you – this? yeah, I'm going to stick with this or is it oh, I'm not sure about this? Yeah, I was unsure. Um, yeah. I just – I felt a bit overwhelmed because yeah. that's – when other people come into CrossFit, I can understand if they are overwhelmed by it and everything or I'm going to wait um, to do to get fit first, then start to do it or whatever. I can understand where they're coming from but yeah. – um, I, don't know, I just did it straight up and I don't know, each day I got better and better and like even just today I did my first ever RX properly in the time cap so I'm definitely getting better. Congrats, man. Yeah. Because so, it's not an easy one today either. Mm, War balls and cows. Yeah. Well, they're two things I can actually do quite well. It's so, good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's um, like to watch how far you've come in 12 months yep. is an inspiration. Yeah. Um, that that's an important thing. So we get a lot of um, 
people inquiring or saying, I'd love to do CrossFit, but I'm going to wait until I'm fit yep. or I'm going to wait until I'm stronger. Not realizing that that's what, how you become it is, is by doing CrossFit. Yep. Um, do you have any um, info for them or something to say to them that just started or? Yeah, why not? You know, mm. like, um, and if you're ever worried about it and want to come in, I'll stand next to you. I'll talk to you the whole time and because I know that I've done it. Yep. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. So, you know. Absolutely. How much weight have you lost? Uh, 21 kilos. So I'm about 105 now. Congrats, man. Mm. Still what? not at that goal, but. What I'm, is the goal? I don't know now because I had a goal of 100 or 99.9. Yep. But then after speaking to John, he always tells me, do not look at the scale. Yep. Judge it by your clothing. Judge it by your pants. You know, don't. Yeah. Because you're going to. Because that's what I. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that is the goal still anymore, but as long as I'm coming and being getting fit and doing what I'm doing and keeping my headspace clean, yep. can't ask for much more. 100%. Whether a number on a, a scale ain't going to change if I'm feeling good. Yeah, you just got, you've got to go by feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you can run into some trouble when you start chasing numbers Yep, and things can get a little bit unhealthy mm-hmm. doing that. But if you are going by how... The training makes you feel physically and mentally. Yep. You can't ever go wrong. Yeah. I just was, I guess when I first came, I was very, oh, I'm not as good as those people. But now I've just got it in my head that I know why I'm here and that's it. Yeah. You know? Yep. I know GC is going to do something so five times better than me. Aaron Hadfield's never, I'm never going to run like Aaron Hadfield. You know, but I'm here for my personal goal. Yep. And that's it. You know? If everyone had that attitude, yep, that everyone would be thriving. Yep, I think that's a big problem when uh, people start comparing themselves to other people. Yep, and they start saying, "Well, they can, they're really good at that. I'm shit," mm-hmm. and they start to feel bad about themselves. But if everyone just stuck to their lane, yep. and you know, just just focused on themselves, I don't care if I don't finish a water or don't do anything. As long as 100%. I've given a hundred percent to what I've, yep. getting there, I'm, who cares? Yeah. Do you have any goals CrossFit-wise? Like is there movements or some work yeah, that you want to... Yeah, definitely bar work. I oh, know I definitely need... Barbell? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Or, or you mean bar work because in pull-ups? Like, yeah, yeah pull-ups and stuff like that. Well, I was watching YouTube videos on it yesterday to trying to get myself better. So I might come in one day a week and just try and, you know, Perfect. in an afternoon and yeah. try and do something with it. Um, yeah. I'm not too bad at, like, the salt bike and... Yeah, that was like my other thing. The assault bike. I like it. I really yeah, do. Because yeah. and from when I was still a bigger guy, and I always remember GC came and told me. He goes, "Everyone in here hates burpees. Mm. Everyone in here hates the assault bike." You know what? I love the assault bike. I love burpees. I'm already one step ahead of all these people who have yeah. that in their head. Absolutely. So that really stuck with me, and. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, mate, um, I have to agree. I actually, I love wall balls and I love the assault bike and cows, I love burpees. So you you do have to change the way that you think about those things. Yeah. And it's amazing how different they are for you mm. when you are not worrying about before you even hopped on the assault bike. Yeah. Incredible. Um, what's... What do you love most about CrossFit? Uh, probably like the team environment yep. and 
and the coaching and everything, everything about it, to be honest, um, and how someone who's just regular like me can be have just as much impact in their life as someone who's really, really good at it. Mm. Um, and, like, I'm never going to be as good as these people, but um, as long as I'm given my all, and it's going to be great. And 100%. it's just every, everything about it just uh, – and people always – I don't know whenever I'm talking to someone who hasn't been in the CrossFit community, um, they're very oh or like that or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it's like yeah, oh, you can't stop talking about it. Really, to yeah. be honest, and then that's because of the way it makes you feel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did you go during COVID time? So I think for a lot of people, so the 23rd of March gyms are closing and we don't know when they're going to reopen. Did you find, what were you thinking at that time? Um, so you basically had to go to um, body weight workouts or, you know, visit someone at their home, yep. had to just train at home, like there was no gym. For someone that was on a, on a roll, mm-hmm. um, so you're probably, what, six months into your, yep. your journey then, how, how did that mentally and physically affect you, I, if I, at all? I continued to train initially um, and then stopped for a while and then I, don't, I, I started coming back, started doing it, um, fitness again, 1st of June. Mm-hmm. I started back again because I just went on this hiatus for a long time yeah. and um, and I also hurt myself. I hurt my neck during one of the um, – for like a three-week period, so that was – it wasn't hurting me that much, but uh, but mentally, uh, it didn't phase me at all because I know that um, this you already is, had those habits in your yeah, mind. Definitely, <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Mm. Um, what? How's your nutrition been? Has that been a huge difference for you? So going back twelve months, so when you before you started here, what was your nutrition like compared to now? Um, I've only just realised that in the last two months how much it actually does yeah matter um so basically when i first came here all the way through to the um to the covid mm-hmm. i was still eating crap i was still drinking a lot um and then the first of june when i started up again yeah i'm put myself on this strict routine now and um i've never felt better and i know that i'm Really, really, it works, definitely. So and I've never had it in my life. I've never had nutrition or thought of nutrition in my life. But then I just got on this little thing that I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this drink in the morning, it's great. Yeah. What, so what does a crap diet look like for you? And what, is it, what does it look like today? So basically it would have any fast food or whatever, um, chips, you know, yep. crap, you know. Yep. But now I'm just... Uh, in the mornings, I'll have a, this shake with water and celery and greens powder and <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh having to, well, you know, two or three years ago and I'm now drinking greens powder. You've changed. And I'll be sipping lattes next. <laughs> Good on you. Um, and then I'll, uh, for lunch, I always have a steak with veggies. Yep. And then afternoon tea, I always have chicken and then... I'm not privileged enough to order anything for dinner, so it's whatever my sister's cooking for dinner. 
yep. which is normally pretty good because cool. she's on like a little bit of a roll too at the moment. Is she? Yep. Is that is she inspired by you? Uh geez, I don't know. Don't know. I'll have to ask her when we get home. Mate, it, nutrition makes such a difference. Mm. Um, really, at the end of the day, it is it. You know, we we treat food like a an amusement park but mm. it's just fuel for your body so yep. you know your performance in life and here in the gym it's it's affected by whatever fuel you put in your body so yep. um you know the next 12 months if you're starting to eat well you'll notice your performance in the gym i've noticed it already yeah. dramatically like yep. just i'm not as tired i'm not as like i'm just dead set on it yeah yep your body's probably getting the nutrients that it mm-hmm. needs now yep how is your sleep? Uh, mm, mm. Not as good as as it should be, I guess. Is that something that you want to work on or try and work on? Or is life I, think, I think previously affected? I had this thing in my head that unless I drank grog, I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah, right. But when I, I had a full month off grog um, June, mm-hmm. I've never slept better in my life. Mm. In Like the first week was hell, but like... The next three weeks, I've never slept better in my life. So I guess it definitely does work. Yep. Um, but I'm a bit, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But yeah, I go to bed thinking about stuff too. You know, and like yep. you overthink things. And I've been through a few mental things in the last couple of months, which held me up. But like now, I'm like switched on. Yep. Do you find when you go through those times, are you able to? get out of those mentally pretty quickly or is it stuff that sort of you think overthink things or you normally i'm pretty good yeah good normally nothing phases me yeah and like i'm all even if i wasn't um in there in my head i'm always on my body language shows otherwise i guess um which probably is a good thing and a bad thing yeah but um yeah nothing really you know yeah the only thing I didn't do, I forgot to die. So I'm, I'm happy I'm here. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I think we forget that too. That we're alive. Mm, definitely. You know? And you have every day you have an opportunity to change or to improve your your physical, mental state. You don't have to wait till Monday. You can start today. Yep. Um, whereabouts have you worked? What was your first ever job? My first ever job was working for Out West Furniture at um, Richmond here, across from the club. Oh yeah, my my That's friend's old no man. longer there. No, no. Yeah. So he's moved up the coast, but my um my friend's father owned it. So basically, what we did was loaded the truck and went and um, delivered the furniture. So there was a older guy than me, and then me. So I always had to walk in backwards. So it was a massive jar, but <laughs> walking upstairs with like these huge like lounges or whatever, you know. And, yep. Yeah. Um, but yep. no, it was good though. It was cashing in. Oh. Maybe uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let it that. Um, what? How old were you then? Sorry. Um, I was in school, so probably sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So. How long did you do that for? Oh, uh, probably two years. Yeah. Until eighteen. Yep. Yeah. Any funny stories from there? Um. What was the guy like to work with? Oh, so it wasn't. The boss was fine. He was my friend's dad, but yeah, the other bloke who was making me up the. Um, up the stairs backwards and stuff. Yeah, he was a bit haggard, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen him in years. But I still remember where he lives and his name. And <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. Um, little fun fact: we 
when we were looking for a site for a reedy, mm. um, Chris Waits, he, we, I, I sort of contacted him looking for places to, you know, set up the CrossFit gym, and he said, oh, there's a furniture shop just around the corner from my shop next to Dan Murphy's. Mm. He goes, oh, let's just go and have a look and see if that would suitable, be yep. suitable. And we went and had a look, and you could see there was a bit of space in there, and mm. you could make it work, and it was right in the middle of town, but... Um, yeah, it's um, a lot longer than it looks. It is a from lot longer. The outside, absolutely. So, like, went standing in there, taking all the furniture out, you could see how it could work. Mm. Um, but I'm glad we didn't go in there. But that was the very first place that we looked at to put a reedy into. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, where'd you work after that, or why did you leave? Oh, just because had enough. time to get a proper job. So, <laughs> yeah. um, after that, time I was to start paying tax. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Windsor Golf Club Yeah okay Yeah so I was behi- Behind the bar mm-hmm. There um, So I was probably there For I want to say Two years probably as well Yep um, So I just did bar work then uh, While still working At the furniture shop So that would have been Around the same time um, How did the staffies go? Yeah you're allowed One staffie after work Yep um, they, they were alright I guess Like they, they were a lot older People I was working with So Yeah Um and I worked at Guildford Bowling Club for mm. a little while and the staffies would be, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you'd allowed one, mm-hmm. so we'd have one, but then we would go from there to Guildford Hotel. Yep. Mate, there was so many times I was getting home at 5am. Yeah. Like the staffies, uh, they can lead you down a, a rabbit hole, that's definitely. Sure. Um, any of those nights? Oh, at the next workplace, definitely. Right, okay. Yeah. <coughs> so where'd you move on to next? I uh, went to so basically a person who um, worked at uh, went to the golf club. Said I work at the Richmond Club, and he was high up um, as one of the senior managers there, and said should come over here and see if we get a job. And normally it takes you um, two weeks to get back to you or something. And I went in. I think it was a Tuesday morning or something. By Tuesday afternoon, I had a job. Wow. So um, I must have made an impression. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so you've been and you've been at the Richmond Club ever since. I, I work for the Richmond Club group now. So basically, from there, I um, I did uh, bar work and poker machine work and everything like that for probably three years. Mm-hmm. And then I was the manager there from for another three years. And then I was doing manager work and seller work and beverage, everything to do with beverage. So everything from ordering to <coughs> invoicing to. Um, beer line cleaning, stuff like that, and maintenance as well at the same time. And then from there, because um, we things just got a bit slower, I started doing um, working at the nursing home that we, are, we own now. Okay. So, so are you mainly now at the nursing home or between the I'm two? I'm between the two sites. So yeah. basically I was at the nursing home the whole time, but mm-hmm. um, a couple of things happened and now I, I'm back running the cellar and doing all the invoicing and stuff, which is normally just the one day of the week. I'll get everything ready for the week on a Monday. The rest of the time I'll go and help um, every morning at the club. But apart from that, I'm at the um, the nursing home the rest of the time. Yeah, okay. Have you enjoyed your time working with the Richmond Club? Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, especially in my situation, like with the kids and yeah. um, my boss has just been fantastic and always understanding and... Yeah, she's like my biggest fan too. It's when you have that flexibility and you have people in your team that understand mm-hmm. and have empathy and try and you know want to help you. 
mean, it's so powerful. Like, you don't have that in a lot of jobs. And I guess I repay that with my work, work ethic there too. She's always said, oh, I wish I had 20 of you, you know? Yeah. So, um, and which is good to hear. And that would make you feel good. Definitely. And give you, you know, a self-worth and some value. Yep. Um, do you have any aspirations for work as far as, like, where would you like to see yourself in another few years, 10 years? Not sure because it all just sort of – I just was working originally, then the kid thing happened. It, um, yep. it just – I never really had a chance to think about it. Not looking um, too far ahead? No, nah, well – in both industry, like in the club industry, I know I know every area. So if I ever wanted to pursue something, I could. But I'm quite comfortable yeah. where I am, and and working at the nursing home now, I'm highly learning everything about facility management, and um, yeah, that could lead to something in the future, I guess. But yeah. seven minutes home, seven minutes to work with lunch, it's pretty good with a great boss. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, um, I don't know if you can speak about it, but. What's happening with the motel? Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Because yep. um, that would be a huge opportunity too to mm. for the Richmond group and yep. you know anyone employed there. Surely that would be a yep. Um, well, actually, it's not. It, the Richmond Club are just going to be have an affiliation with it because it's owned by someone else. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. The last thing I knew, it was going through council or something, and we were just waiting on yep. everything to go through. And then I think once it sort of goes through then starting yeah so what i'm talking about is there's a motel plan to on so there's two bowling greens that they're going to get rid of and build a motel on those greens Mm -hmm. yeah so but i think it's a private consortium that's building that and going to run it but it's going to have some affiliation with the richmond club yeah that's all i I, I could be wrong but yeah yeah okay what with this COVID time how do you feel about being in a nursing home, are you taking any extra precautions? Are you in contact with the residents? Yeah, well, every day in contact with the residents, but as we go into the building, we have to be temperature checked. We get asked a series of questions, um, just like, have you been near this area, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, we're just covering ourselves to make sure that um, we've got all the precautions in place and government regulations that we're abiding by that, um, you know, it's... I guess uh, working there already, you have got to be careful no matter what, whether COVID's yeah. here or not. You've yes. got to, we've got to dot our eyes and cross our t's. Mm. Um, so basically, that was one of the main reasons I um, got asked to go over and work over there because basically there was a Quakers Hill fire um, not long ago, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, whatever. And um, yep. since then, everything is by the book, nursing yep. home wise. So. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is a lot of back of house paperwork and you know, making sure that we're doing everything as the best we possibly can. Yeah. It's a shame that it took – so my brother's a fiery yep. and he was at Schofields at that time when that fire happened. Yep. Um, and it's it's a shame that it took that situation to, um, I guess, highlight the – the shortfalling shortfall of the systems in place at the nursing home and also the fire brigade, mm. you know, and how their response time to that and how they dealt with that. Mm-hmm. So it well, it's good to hear from you that from that has come better things. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I think that's a with what's going on in Victoria at the moment is um, there seems to be a lack of um, 
quality systems in the aged care mm-hmm. in Victoria, which it seems to be a lot better here in New South Wales. Yep. So any outbreak, we, we pro- probably could be manage it better than mm-hmm. what they are in Victoria. Yep. Has being in the nursing home given you a different perspective on life? Or Definitely. What, yeah. How so? Uh, just um, realise how short it is, you know, like um, seeing one person one day and then they're not here the next, you know, and because yeah. I've never had to really deal with loss, but like um, yeah. you get attached to people as well and like um, like by name and, you know, and yeah. always ask them, like, hey, John, how, how's the roosters going, mate? Like, and, you know, and it's just... Um, it's definitely eye-opening, but it's it's yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it's good. I I think everyone should spend a bit of time in a nursing home to, you know, appreciate what life really is. Definitely, and that we all do get old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a it's an eye-opener. Yep. Mm. Um, speaking of the dragons, mm. roosters, dragons, mm. you're a uh, footy. Footy tragic. Yes. And you support the Dragons? Yes. Poor bastard. Yes. So where did that start? Um, my father. <coughs> yep. He gave me two options. You yes. can sleep inside or you can sleep out. <laughs> so I didn't want to sleep outside, so I just thought I'd just deal with 34 years of pain instead. Yeah. Probably should have just stayed outside and, <laughs> you know. Wow. Pick someone else. So he's led you, he's led you down the path of the Dragons. And Correct. Um, and now you've got the kids involved. Yes, so they got the same option. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, Whenever, like, Chad's angry at me, he goes, I'm going for the sharks. No, you're not. <laughs> you're sleeping outside. Yeah. <laughs> what What is it about the dragons you love? Uh, <clears throat> I guess it's everything, just the history of it and, um, like, when I was younger, the people coming through and, you know, there was a lot of local... Like from the, expect more of the Illawarra side as well of it. Um, a lot of local juniors and mm. everyone coming through and like and yeah, my two favourite players ever. A bit weird. A lot of people say Andrew Johns and I stuff. I was going to say who are your three top players for St George. Number one, Dean yeah. Yo- Dean Young. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Why? Hard on sleeve. Yeah. You know like. You just so watch it after that. the 2010 grand final, he was just yeah. in tears, like, you know, and you just tell he wanted it so bad and he had yeah. that staph infection in 20, 2005 or whatever and uh, just to get there and, you know, and, like, he just seemed like he'd do anything for anyone. Yeah. Do you know if he's still on the coaching staff? Uh, yeah, he is. So if this all thing goes through the next week, he might be the coach. Who knows? So what's your thoughts on Mary McGregor? Um, I think he's a great clubman. And not a coach. Yep. So um, I think we tried to portray him as the coach, but he's just a great clubman. Yeah. Yeah. Do would you like to see Dean Young replace him, or who would you ideally want to replace him? Do you reckon? And first of all, so first of all, do you reckon he's gone next Tuesday? They reckon there's a board meeting to say yeah, your time. I, I reckon he's gone. Um, <clears throat> and who do we? Who do you? Who would you like to see replace him? Well. I'll, I think Flanagan can't be till next year. So obviously it was just going to be someone to fill in the last whatever ten weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether he's the problem or not because I don't know if he is the problem because I think at the moment there's attitude with it. Same was like when Wayne Bennett left and Steve Price came in. Yep. I don't think he was the problem to be mm. honest. Like I think there was just more attitude and stuff going on that 
like you know, and yeah, but it was time will tell, I guess. And then when all because the dragon supporters are very psycho, I guess, and I'm yeah, one of them. They're and, very um, passionate. Yep. Compared to a lot of other clubs, definitely they'll let you know if you're going shit. Send me that video of yeah, your of your place. Yep. So you show me a video before. So up the stairs, there's picture frames all the way along the wall through you, throughout your house. Everything I have cushions, Duna covers, dragons everywhere. It's red and white. I think everywhere. I have every dragons card up to from 1974 <laughs> to present. Jesus yeah. Christ! A lot of money in it, definitely. Have you ever valued that? Um, I, I did like a quick one, like just of random stuff I got, and mm. it was about 10000 Yeah, wow. Yeah, but the cards alone, like I've got some ones that I've paid a, mm, mm, a lot. A what's your favourite card? Do you, or do you have one? Mark Gasney, a Future Force. <laughs> so basically uh. it's people in their first year of grade yep. and they think they're going to be – like good in the future, mm-hmm. so and yeah, wow. What do you remember? What year he de- debuted? I think it was 2000, 2001 or two thousand two, two thousand three. One of those. Numbers. He had a pretty short career, didn't he? Mm. Considering what his talent was. Well, two thousand three to two thousand seven. Then he went to Catalans mm. and then back to. Do you think he was troubled in the head? I think he wasn't getting money. That was the whole thing. Yeah, that he okay. got promised all these third parties and didn't come through. See yeah. you later. Yeah, right. Mm. So, would you like to see Flanagan coach? Yeah, why not? I think he's tough. Yeah. And he, he won't put up with it. So, who knows how much of a voice he currently does have there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, looking at the Sharks side of it, when he was for the Sharks, he looked like he was a tough coach. Yes. And I think um, from <clears throat> a lot of the reports coming out is that since he has been taking over the attack of the Dragon side, it's... Mm. Um, the players have responded to that yep. and given them a little bit more confidence, like Duffy you back and, yep. you know, because he was in and out, they were saying, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. Yep. Um, confidence was down, he was in the side, out of the side. Mm. Um, but I think they've given him a fair crack now and, and I think he's, he's playing better football. Definitely. Um, and and I, like, think I think every preseason as well, he gets that little bit bigger. So, like, yeah. two years ago when he debuted, he was just a rag doll. Yes. Then he came back, he was five kilos heavier. And then he came back, he was another five kilos heavier. But maybe next start of next year or the year after, might get even better. Yeah. I, I think Shane Flanagan's trying to get an exemption too, to oh, come yeah. back early. Yep. So. Maybe this was the plan the whole time. That maybe. They knew ahead that we're going to go crap yep. anyway. We've got to get him on board. How do you feel about Jack DeBellin? What's um, happening there? Well, on my Facebook, you, you can have like a like a little comment underneath your profile picture. Yeah. My comment says hashtag free Jack. Free Jack. Yep. Mm. Innocent till proven guilty. Yeah. Even if he has done it, you know, like you don't you don't see the local butcher not having to play for footy and but yeah. I, don't know, I guess it's I don't know it's hard because. There's other people with the other people involved as well. Like yeah. they've got, you know, and but it shouldn't have to take someone who's high profile to be the benchmark of it. Yeah. Like it should, it should be the same as the local butcher. It should be, you know. Yeah. But it's unfortunately, the world we live in with role models and everything, I guess yeah. a line has to be drawn. But compared yeah. to some of the other stuff, <clears throat> other NRL players have done as well, and they've just gotten 
you know, mm. not even a fine or nothing. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I thought there was like an agenda against the Dragons. Sort of like when everyone plays Parramatta at Bankwest Stadium. Yep. Every time. Because they're by a bank, they're allowed – it's like they have a certain amount they have to win. I hate Para. That's why I'm just saying <laughs> that. Hi, Justin. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> Where does the hatred of Para come from? Well, I'm a grandfather. He just constantly goes on about it nonstop. Really? Yeah. Brainwashed you? Well, what? The last time they won was the year I was born, 1986. Yeah. So I always like – even if my um, we're going crap or whatever, I was always say to me mates like you know, I've seen one. I've seen, <laughs> and this is the other thing too that if they win it this year, yep. it's going to have an asterisk next to it because of the comp's been the COVID. Yeah, asterisk. yeah, yeah. It's an asterisk. So that's what I call my mate now, who goes to power asterisk. Asterisk. And his brother's like a really big unit with like yeah. a shaved head, so I call him obliques. <laughs> so it's asterisk and obliques. Love it. Yeah. What do you think they'll win the comp? No. Who do you think is going to win? Hard to go past the Roosters again, I think. If, if everyone is uh, fit. Uh, yeah. Have you seen the inclusions back in this week? Yeah, like six or seven, isn't it? Far out. Yeah. It's like star-studded. Mm. Even when they weren't playing last week, the rest of the side yeah. didn't look too bad. Well, they beat us, but like, you know, like <laughs> the rest of the side didn't look too bad anyway. Yeah, without those six. Mm. Um, Melbourne are paying three bucks. Oh, yeah, right. And Roosters are like a dollar forty. Wow, unbelievable! I hope Penrith do. That, that's yeah. it, like they're my second side. I've had to pick a second side, but yeah, I just think maybe they need that one more year or something to, like you know, they say you got to lose one before you win one, but like, yeah, I, I think I said this on our league podcast that maybe Penrith one more year. Mm. They they're start they're clicking now. Yep, and I think you to win a comp you need to have that consistency of that click and that gelling of the team culture yep. for longer than a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'd like to see that over one more year. Yep. If they, if they can maintain what their, their side and, and and the culture that they're building there next year, I reckon I'll be unbeatable. Yep. Um, and they've got to play in a few big games too. Yes. All those Roosters players have played, what, five years? Yeah. Like, they've all stuck together as well, you know? So 100%. Totally agree. Mm. Um. So Dean Young's number one. Who's yeah. your second and third favourite Dragons players of all time? Oh, Mark Coyne. Yeah. Loved Mark Coyne. The miracle try. Yeah. Oh. Are you a Queenslander? No, New South Wales. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Nothing worse than those people who were born in New South Wales, <laughs> raised in New South Wales, goes to Queensland. Oh, ridiculous. I've got two mates like that. It's, it's a G up. Yeah. They're no longer mates. Yeah. <laughs> Origin <laughs> time anyway. <laughs> what... um. What do you like about Mark Coyne? Oh, I just yeah, we could just spark nothing, something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty elusive for like to look at, mm. but it, it was hard to tackle. Mm. Um, good player. I always loved Ricky Walford as well. Like yep. you know, mm. he was so good. But um, like in that era or whatever. Yep. Um, and then if I had to pick one more. A current player, Trent Merrin. Trent Merrin. Yep. Wow. Same, sort of the same as Dean Young. Yeah. Very much so, like, and because I've been to a lot of fan days and stuff, and he's great with people. Same with B Mozzie was really good as well. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you, could just, you can just tell, like, he's a, a natural person and, yeah. like, he's not big-headed or anything like that. It's like a lot of them are, some of them are. Yeah. And, yeah, he just hard on sleeve as well. Yeah. Do you go to the games? Every game. Fair income. Yeah. Wow. I, got, I think me and my old man have been members for 10 years. Has there been a player that you 
liked or looked or looked to to, you know, like you know, good player, good bloke, and they've and you've seen them in person and they've disappointed you. Uh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it does happen, hey. Yeah, um, and he and he comes into my work sometimes <laughs> too. Fading. As a consultant, I've seen him there before. All right. Yeah. We'll let people guess who that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But yes. <laughs> um, did you like watching Anthony Mundine play? Definitely. Yeah, he was um, Nathan Blacklock. Yep. And I've got my like three favourite games of all time, and that number one was the 99 preliminary final. Yes. Uh, when he starts doing the backflips yes. and the cowboy or whatever. And yep. I have it saved on Foxtel and... You know, whenever we're having a bad day, I'll just go turn that on. <laughs> That's your footy porn. Oh, so good. Or the Blacklock try in the 99 grand final. That was really good too. Yeah. But I'd love to see him in a, in a match-up race with Addo Carr. Mm, back in the day, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, St. George had some cracking players. Mm. Um, and, so, you know, that 2010 year, though, you could just see that they were unbeatable. Yep. Um, and I think it's all built on defence. Like yes. as it, everything from from that year on, everything has been built on defence, and like we're only averaging ten points a game or something like that, less yeah. than that. You know, as, as a diehard supporter, what do you think from two thousand and ten to now? What do you think's gone wrong? Wayne Bennett leaving, yeah. definitely to start with, um, and then from that, everything just spiralled with culture and outside of football. Then there's a board and everything going on and. Like it's and because of our club split into two, when we got Penrith or whatever, that's just the one sole conspire that things are going to go wrong. And I just feel now that with the recruitment side of it, it, just feels like anyone who's off contract, yeah, we're going for them. Yeah. Whether we don't need that person or you know, like whether they're a good fit for the yeah, club or not, like, let's just get them. Yep. Yeah. I suppose when Wayne was there, it uh, definitely he, his presence brings people to the club as yes. well. Yeah. So why why do you want to go to a club that's in based in Wollongong, mm. where you don't know what who the coach is going to be next year, yeah. or the system's in place or whatever, or you know? Yeah. What do you think about Tyson Frizzell leaving? Uh, yeah, definitely hurt big time. Yeah. Where we're going to, it's like uh, this year with Lisa Armour. Yeah. As much as he was just a bench player for us, what he did. I can count on one hand in five years the amount of times he dropped the ball. He just hit it straight up or passed the ball. You know, mm. he did his job. You know, and yeah. and it's just you just can't replace some people. Yeah, you know, and even with anyone, or if we try to get someone from another club, it'd be hard. But yeah, so he's a, he's left. What's concerning, where I see see is that he's left and not giving any opportunity for another coach. So in mm. his mind, I'm not prepared to wait another year. Um, he said, let's just say Shane Flanagan is mm. going to be the coach the following year. He didn't, doesn't want to play for him long term or I'm not prepared to see out McGregor. Yep. Um, but even with the – if you can see that McGregor is going to be moved on, you would wait and see who mm. the new coach is, but he's out. Like, yeah. Which probably says a lot about their culture at the moment. Yeah. And I think going to Newcastle as well, it's – Looks like a lot more wins on the board than with us, I think. So, I don't know if footy players even think about that. But but, it, but when they're – be, be on a good wicket whether he stay with us or goes up there anyway, you yeah, know? Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, I was going to say something about Frizzell. 
Um, oh, Nathan Brown. Mm-hmm. He's come out and said, as head coach of the Warriors now, he's going to uh, go after Jack DeBellin. Yeah, right. That's like a kick in the teeth, eh? You can, yeah. We've got, we got to pay. You're getting paid still. Uh, mm. You can train with us. Mm. Uh, you just can't play saddies. Um, oh, yeah. Whilst you've done the, we've done the right thing, oh, here you go, you can go away now. Yeah. Whether we have enough money or whatever to match whatever. Surely he wouldn't go. Mm. Like after... Well, who knows it, what's even going to happen anyway, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. The, mate, the, I can't... If a club stands by you in what he's been through mm. and going through... Definitely. Jeez, it'd be hard to mm. come back and say, yeah, I'm leaving now. Yep. Mm. But um, at the same time, I could almost see him doing it with that club in particular, because he's over there. Yeah. He's not high profile like he is in Sydney. So uh, he could walk down the, the street and be like a normal human being and re- resurrect himself again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, good luck with the Dragons for the rest mm. of the year. Jesus. Do you reckon, are you any chance of making the eight? Nah, don't think so now, because we're only on eight points. So Ouch. We had two real close games. We could have won, should have won. And yes. Earlier in the season, we were playing terrible. We had easy games, or not easy games, but games were, shoot, were winnable that yep. we just didn't win. That's so, when Mary was getting roasted. And now we've just time. had roosters. Now we've got para. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a G up. <laughs> How do you handle the para games? Well, it's this Friday. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'm going to Thai Buffalo and then going to watch it with my friends at the pub because yep. they wanted me to go down to Bank West with them. Yeah. And I did it last year. Yeah. And we led 18 nil after 20 minutes. I'm going berserk. Corey Norman scored a length of field try, duffed, duffed the under the post. I'm Give going berserk. And we got done by 20. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's nightmare. Yeah, hey. so no matter what, it's an asterisk and we'll probably get done, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always hope. Yep. Um, besides England, have you travelled anywhere else? Yeah, so I went uh, – where did I go? So my mother's from America. Okay. Yeah, so she moved here in 1969. Whereabouts? In uh, South Dakota. Yeah, wow. So basically where the um, Sturgis Rally is for the motor, motorbikes yep. for Harley-Davidson. Yeah. It's about 40 minutes away from there. Okay. Yeah, so – and I uh, went back there – Two or three times, um, going through like school and stuff like that, like family holidays. Yep. Um, and then from there, I've been to Canada, Mexico, uh, Amsterdam, uh, France, Monaco, Italy, Germany, Austria. Wow. Yeah, roughly. Well, I can't think of the rest, but yeah. Yeah. Mm, New Zealand. Oh, actually, me and my old man went and. Not last year, the year before. The Dragons were, were up 6-0 and to start the season when yep. Ben Hunt first came. Yep. So me and my old man were like, oh, well, let's just go. Let's get tickets to New Zealand. So my sister's a travel agent. She booked us the ticket to New Zealand. So we got there. We All we did was put our bags down, casino, home, casino, home, then went to the game, and it was our first loss. <laughs> we had, I think like... You jinxed them. Yeah, yeah. And I had this other thing where... If we win a certain amount of games in a row, I don't wash my towel at home. Really? I don't I don't until wa- they lose. Until they lose. So at that point it was six weeks without washing I have the, like this dragon's towel that I'll what, go like yeah. after the shower. Yeah. I refuse to wash it if we lose until we lose. So How did that start? Yeah. I don't know. Just like a jinxy sort of thing and <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, like even things in place and stuff. I don't. Yeah. Like, you imagine going? They went the season undefeated. Oh jeez, mate, that'd be rank. I'd have to go buy alternating <laughs> towels. I think that's good. Yeah. Is it, do you have any other superstitions? Uh, mm, not superstitions, but I'm very like pedantic about like cleanliness and yeah. OCDness, and yeah. everything has a place. Definitely, I can tell in your video of your place, everything is particular where it is in place. In high school, um, when my mates used to <coughs> stay, we used to get on the terps, and mm. I'd wake up in the morning and they'd move everything around in my bedroom. <laughs> It was like they were testing me to say, yeah. do you remember where this goes? And so yeah. I'd get it and I'd put it all back and I was like, oh. Do you remember that? Did you have OCD as a kid? No, or? no. Really? I don't know what happened. I didn't, I'm, I'm really bad with it now, like to the point where. Do you remember when it started? I think late teens. Yeah. Like my room used to just be a brothel and then all of a sudden I just started cleaning it every day, um, put, put my towel out every day like this – Weird little things, but like now it's to a point I'm shocking. I know I'm shocking, but because like my mum and all that, they they just don't care at all. But like if I walk past something and the shoe's not facing the right way, it has to face this way, or the the two TV remotes if they're not next to that side. Oh, I don't know. I get the shakes. Like yeah, I, I what quiver. happens? What happens to you when you when you see that? Got to do it. Got to move it. Yeah. So like when I get home, probably right right now when I get home this afternoon and. I'll just walk in and I'll just be like, Caitlin, I don't even have to say it. They know exactly what it is. So obviously something's out of place or whatever and then they'll know they have to move it back in. Yeah. I'm not I'm not as bad with their rooms, yeah. but if it's the common areas, it has to be perfect. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can tell from your memorabilia that you've got. Yeah. And – yeah, you know, just the cushions that were on the is it on the lounge? Yeah, yeah. Even in like how they're set, they have to be like that. So if he's yeah. playing Xbox and I walk past and he's on the next lounge, that that those cushions, if he's moved them, they've got to be moved back before he can sit back down on that other lounge. Jesus. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. But yeah, do you reckon you're going to be able to live with that for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think so. Because my grandmother's like that. Okay, like her house is like antiques roadshow. So like oh, yeah. it's like this everything's just perfect and it has a place and I'm not like clean like I don't care if there's dust or something like that yeah, but yeah. place wise I'm like that so and she's like that. that and so like if there's ever like a mess uh, in my other side of my house where my parents live like my grandmother says oh don't worry about it they're not like us I'm like yeah okay then they're not like us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it mm. do you have any other um any other fears or phobias? Uh, I don't really like snakes or spiders or stuff like that. Like, yeah, they're assholes. Mm, nah, but snakes. I'm not scared of going on like rides or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, um, I'm not scared of flying or anything like that. But yeah, I just don't. I was always scared of animals growing up as well. So like, we never had a dog or a cat or anything, and yeah, we had a fish. Right, you know. <laughs> And my fish's name was called Ainsco. Ainsco. I, I loved Ainsco at that point. Jamie Ainsco. Yeah, I loved Ainsco. Yeah. And then it died. Did, uh, and then, yeah, because he went to Newcastle after, mm. after the Dragons, didn't he? Mm, interesting times. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus has been some good Dragons players. Just mm. like quickly thinking about that with Jamie Ainsco. And you forget that 
the clubs that they then go on to. Yep. Um, I want to go back to St. George and Illawarra when they merged. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you? Or did you remember that happening? So I was year seven. Yeah, year seven was the 99 grand final for me. Did you know what was going on? I wasn't die hard then. Like, okay. So I was more like just a fan or yep. whatever. Yeah. And then being in a – my collecting started by being in an unhealthy relationship. So basically when I was stuck with this woman who I was just – I didn't have a way out of, mm-hmm. that was sort of my – You go to. My, my release. Yeah. So I don't know, it just started from there and I just could not stop and yep. just – I, don't know, I guess I've got a very addictive personality that yeah. once I start something, I so hopefully that can transfer into my training, and then I can get to where I need to get to quicker than. Yeah, you will, mate. You yep. you like you've come so far in twelve months, and I'll put up the photo, and you you've got a photo of a before and after, yep. just in twelve months, and you know, I can see that when you put your mind to something you can achieve anything yep. and you know the inspiration that you've given so many people in here alone let alone you know your family people that you work with yep. your friends you know i mean you just just keep doing what you're doing because it's it's awesome everyone loves having you around loves yep. being around you and and i don't think you realize how many people you are inspiring from just the way you live in your life yep so man hats off to you I've, i just had this thing too where i just said to myself you're either getting better or you're getting worse. So I want to get better. Mm. So, And that involves everything from training to food to fathering. To So I'm just trying to get better and it's it's definitely on the right track, definitely. Awesome. With your kids, what do you what do you hope for them? What's what do you want from them in, in for their life? Just to <clears throat> enjoy it. Yep. You know? And you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna le- you just gotta learn from them. Don't dwell on it. Just you know, mm. smile. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. You know? And I'm giving them every opportunity to do those things. So, growing up in a family where we're always happy and never, you know, nothing worries us except when the dragons lose. Um, <laughs> me and my old man. We're just having it a little bit <laughs> these days, isn't it? I was in the other room the other night, and all I could hear is him yelling out was. Get that ravioli off the field. I was talking about <laughs> ravioli or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's out, exactly he's out there with a forex about to throw it at someone. I'm like, righto. Get that ravioli off the field. Yeah, I love it. Uh, um, my mum's real like she's south, loves mm-hmm. them, and like has a little bit OCD. Only when the when the teams are about to run out, mm-hmm. she has this timing where she has these toy souse, um fluffy dogs and stuff and she has to sit them on the lounge the top of the lounge facing the tv otherwise souths are going to lose yeah, yeah. Mate, there's, a, there's some real weird <laughs> um things that league supporters do that's uh, it do you have um uh who's if you could sign three players for for the dragons next year who would they be luke keary they could be anyone yep luke keary james tedesco yep do a forward. Um, go. Mm, one of the Melbourne forwards. 
Let's go Kenny Bromwich. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Hollis would be happy with that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he loves Kiri and Tedesco. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, mate, they're three good signs. They're just different gravy, aren't they? Like, yeah. you know, there's yeah. there's two of those. Nathan, at the moment, there's yeah. Nathan Cleary, Luke, Kiri, Tedesco, and then everyone else is yeah. so much. It's a different league. Yeah. It's probably coming into an exciting time for the Dragons because they do need to rebuild. Definitely. They need to attack some of the best talent on the mm. market. and But it all starts with the coach. Mm-hmm. So they need to sort that out. The problem is there's 15 other clubs trying to do the same thing. Yes. So that's what my thought was. I think you've got to have a mix between juniors and talent from elsewhere. So yeah. I think yeah. that's why Penrith's starting to come up because it, they've Definitely. always had that junior base. Yeah. But, um, like, it's it's it makes a difference, definitely. yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, when we did win it, obviously all those juniors are still there. You had your Ben Craze and your Matt Coopers and yep. Ben Hornby's, everyone who grew up there, like Jason Nightingale. Yes, know? yep. So. He was a big loss when he left, mm, Nightingale. Mm. He was a lot better than what people I gave love him Gypsy too. Yeah. Oh, he, was, he was always good with the yeah. fans and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, oh, it's going to be a long year, I think. Yes. There's another, what, eight weeks to go? Mm. She'll be right. Um what else? Travelling. So all those places that you went to, Yep. what was your favourite? Um, I loved Italy. I thought that was cool. Rome, especially. Yeah. Yep. Just so much there and like history and stuff like that. Like I went like the first time I went was like on a Kentucky tour. Yeah. So you just think in your head you're just going to get pissed up. But then yep. when you get there and you see everything that's in front of you, you got to sort of like show it, like, the respect for it and like – yep. And I was, like, interested in it, you know. Mm. Um, I didn't do any research going into it, but then just being there and, you know, seeing it, it was a completely different story. Yeah, I think the, you know, we don't have a lot of deep history here in Australia, mm. but when you go and, and visit those places and just see, you know, thousands of years' worth of um, history, it sort of it sort of hits you in the feels a bit. Definitely. Yeah, mm. um, to think how long civilizations have survived and thrived in those times and how and where we are now yep um how did your mum end up in australia um her father seen an ad on tv and then they moved the next week <laughs> what the f- yeah what was not the joking ad? i don't know something about he must have watched something Jesus. and it said something like um property in australia or something and then she moved to riverston welcome to river <laughs> you've just left america and then now you Rib Vegas. Wow. Wow. You travel from America. Yep. I'm going to go and live in Riverston, New South Wales, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Insane. Has she enjoyed it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she still goes back um, every year. Okay. So, um, she goes back for a month every year or, and then when she goes back, my, she brings back my grandmother's sister Mm. with her because she's like in the 90s, going into her 90s now, I think. So, um. Yeah, we're constantly seeing family and stuff. I haven't got much family here except for a little bit on my dad's side. But yeah, your dad, your dad's from here. Yeah, yeah. so Windsor. Okay, so he lived there, and um, he was he was the golfer, and um, I was every other sport. So yeah, I could flog yeah. him at everything: else. pool, cards, flogging. Like yeah, he still <laughs> got me on golf. He won A grade a few times at Windsor, so he was pretty talented. And then he got run over by a truck. So. How did that happen? Uh, he was working RTA um, night shift. Yep. Uh, he was like putting up the signs and yep. stuff like that. And 
I think a huge truck reversed it on you know, Nightworks and then ran over his leg. Oh. And so, like, he's got a scar from, um, like, halfway up his groin all the way down his leg and it's, like, that thick. Mate. Anyone who sees it, he says, oh, I got bit by a shark. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Um, and he was almost on verge of, like, trying that PGA and stuff at that point. And uh, from there, um, no, see you later. How does he deal with that? Uh, I've never really spoken to him about it, to be honest, but... Yeah. Um he never he never played properly properly again after that. Like he went back and played, but I think that's the hardest thing for athletes when they have that potential. Yep. And then you couple that with the desire and then it's either taken away from you or through either, you know, outside influences like um, you know, you can't get signed anywhere or you can't get an opportunity but then have an injury, mm. I think that athletes really struggle yep. and can their whole life mm-hmm. and lead them down a, a you know, um, addictions and mm-hmm. all sorts of things in an in ability to cope with it. Yep. Yeah, so I saw so. on the news last night that Parramatta bloke, he got done with all the drugs or whatever because yeah. he couldn't – apparently his excuse was that he did, um, didn't get a contract or something, so then he's turned to a life of crime and mm. – Trying to import 900 kilos mm. of coke. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's one. Yeah, so it was. In, I was interested to see if he had demons from that. Mm. Yeah, so it, it would be hard, especially injury mm-hmm. and something that wasn't his fault. Yeah, definitely. Like a McKinnon or something. Like yeah. constantly living his life with what ifs and yes, you know. Yeah, mate. Um, hats off to him in mm. the way he's handled himself. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Another Dragons junior there. Yeah, 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 that's uh, yeah. Actually, I forgot he started off at the Dragons. Yeah, and then Bennett took him. That's why. Um, did he start at the Dragons when Wayne Bennett was there, yep. and then Bennett took him to Newcastle? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and he played less than ten games for the Dragons, and then went up there and started getting a good name for himself. And yeah, yeah, yeah wow. You never know, mate. You might see Bennett back at the Dragons. Oh, uh, until I see something. Like, in concrete, I don't even worry about it anymore. So. Would you like to have him back? Oh, I think he would show stability and, yeah. you know, like... Yeah. But he's also getting a little bit older now that... Yeah. Just seeing what just happened. Obviously, a little bit of care factor's not there or... Yeah. Other stuff's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on for him personally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool, mate. Well, um, we've just done an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, so time flies, eh? Yep. Um... We might um, – I've got some rapid-fire questions for you. Okay. We'll just uh, see how you go with those. Right on. What's, um, what's your favourite takeaway meal? Uh, it'd have to be sweet and sour chicken, Chinese. Yeah, nice. Any particular restaurant? Uh, River Orchid. Go to the Orchid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favourite all-time movie? Oh. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. What? Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. What the? It's a real movie. <laughs> so it's like a a mock, like, you know how a scary movie takes the piss out of all those other ones? Yep. This was the first ever one that was like that. So right, it's right. like early 90s. Okay. So it's Marlon Wayne's, yep. the Wayne's brothers or whatever. Yeah. And it's, um, so it's all like hood movies, so... Menace, Menace to Society, um, Juice, uh, Boys in the Hood. Yep. So it's all that just mixed into one. Wow. It, it's, oh, it's an absolute cracker. I'll have to watch it's that. It's funny. Now. It's yeah. funny. Um, 
What's it like being a DJ? Oh, Jesus. Um, the Sniffles represent. That was my, my DJ name with me and my friend Neil. Sniffles. So, sniffles. The repre- Sniffles. Yeah, right. The Sniffles. I don't know why, how it came about, but like it was, that was us, me and my friend Neil. So, uh, we played in the city a couple of times and stuff. But Is uh, it Laban? Laboon. Laboon. Yeah, so I used to run like this DJ night down at the club there. Yeah. And the first night, they think, thinking, oh, yeah, we're only going to get a few people, like 500 people rocked up. Fair dinkum. Yeah. And then the next one I did like two months later, 800 people rocked up. I think like, the bar sales were high 20s. It was ridiculous. What are you doing, man? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Are you going to pursue this as a career? Oh, I'm out of the game, mate. I don't know the industry anymore. I don't know the game. You're going to come back. Surely, nah, like nah. if you're pulling crowds at eight hundred, nah. <laughs> what's the, what's the secret to being a good DJ? Beat matching, and I wasn't that good at it anyway. But I gave it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like doing it? Um, all my stuff's at my mate's house now, but like, um, occasionally we'll have a muck around, and I'd like to show Chad how to do it because it, um. Also helps with like other instruments and stuff as well, like yep. um, just with beat matching and just dun, 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 and just yeah, getting there. Mate, we'd have to get you in here to do some classes instead of whacking on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. We get you off into a corner <laughs> and get yeah. the DJ happening. I'll just wait for the the next. Um, was it one of the the next comp? Yeah, the comp. Yeah. I'll just no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> do you like doing it? Uh, that's all right, I guess. Like, I think it was, I don't know, it was more of a hobby than just mucking around and yep. then taking it seriously, to be honest. Mate, if you're pulling 500 and 800 crowds, you're going all right, mate. Yeah, it was a one-off. <laughs> I've actually still got the video of it <laughs> at home. Yeah, there's a video of it. Send me that to yeah, you, brother. Yeah. Um, you can thank GC for that question. Oh, yeah, right. And he also wanted to know if you have um, shares in Radox Company. Yeah, I do. Well, not not so much anymore, but um, all the Epsom salts and all those um, bath oils, they really work well. Oh, classic, especially at CrossFit. Definitely. Um, if you had one elite talent or superpower, what would you want? Go back in time. Mm. Any particular year or era? I always think about it. Like, if you could, would you go back with the knowledge you had? Or would you, say, for instance, like... For me, my high school was just fantastic. So I'd go back to year seven. Yep. But would I want the knowledge I have obtained now? now yes. And the things I'd, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'd want to do that. Would you make Would you make a lot of different decisions? Definitely. Yeah. I'd already know which girls are coming for me <laughs> early. <laughs> oh, imagine you get that, had that. Yeah, yeah, I'd just be walking around going, I don't chase them, I replace them, and if I'm caressing them, I'm undressing them. But <laughs> <laughs> now I can see why you're the good DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got some. I've got like I've got a headlock, a beaten favourite, but my chat's pretty good. Yeah. Any more chat? No, not for you. <laughs> We're definitely doing another an R-rated podcast. Right, mate, for oh, sure. I've got yeah, I've got a few. We might get a few lads around and do one. Yeah, good on you. Sounds um, good. You're down to your last twenty bucks. How would you spend it? Am I still alive the next day or is it? No, nah, this is your last 20 bucks and it's all over. Three long necks are new. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that your go-to? Two is new? Yeah, two is new. Jeez. I was never, you know, I, I um, was never 
I used to drink it as a young kid, and then I got onto like all the low carbs and stuff like that. Yep. And I this is this is how I gained all the weight. So I maintained about 110 my whole for like 10 years. Yeah. Drinking that much, so I maintained that much. Then I got onto this Cooper's something, and I gained 16 kilos in six months drinking this Cooper's thing. And my Drink. mates like trying to explain to me, it's, it's like drinking a milkshake, mate. <laughs> So I was having however many and like, you know, and then as soon as I got off it and started again, I was fine. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Coopers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Keep those to yourself. Yep. So three long necks and you. Yep. Love it. Definitely. Mate, Um. yeah, thanks so much for doing this. Hey? No worries. I think this gives um, everyone a, a little more insight into you. And, Definitely. And what you, what you go through and mm-hmm. – um, where you've worked and a little bit more about yourself so really appreciate the time you've you've taken no worries um personally from me mate you're an inspiration and i love hearing your story and Mm -hmm. keep up the good work mate is you know people are looking to you to for you know if he can do it i can do it yep and um you know the way you've you're a father to your kids you know Mm -hmm. you should be very proud of yourself and i'm sure that they're so happy to have you as a dad so Mate, uh, keep on trucking. I think if you if you got the mentality with it, the physical stuff comes later. So 100%. that was that was my main thing that was lacking at the start, and now I've got it. Anyone yep. can do it. So as long as you're in the right headspace and you want to do it, you yep. get, you're going to fail and fail and fail. Eventually, you're going to get there. Hundred so. percent. All right. Take care, brother. No worries. Thanks for this. No worries. Cheers.